Hello, Happy New Year, 2022, here we come. 2021, if nothing else, taught us that we really can't predict the future, that we don't know what, what lies ahead. As we look forward to 2022, we don't. There's, there's a saying though, isn't there, that we don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. And there's one thing we do know as we come into a new year together is that God is faithful. He's faithful to us, his people, and we can hold on to that as the year ahead comes. One of the things that I want us to do today is, is look at how do we as Christians, with all this going on, how do we continue to be faithful and fruitful followers of Jesus? And so I want to use some words that Jesus talks to his disciples about for us to, to do that. Because this is not necessarily about New Year's resolutions and New Year, New Me. This is how do we be faithful and fruitful in 2022? And so before I read the words, we're going to be in John 15. Let me just give a little bit of backdrop. It's Passion Week. The week where Jesus has arrived in Jerusalem, knowing that at the end of the week, he's going to be crucified and will rise again. And so every opportunity he's got, he's trying to chat with his disciples, with his mates to prepare them for what's coming. And so we get to Thursday night. The, the, the time is drawing near. And Jesus finds himself in, the upper, in an upper room, it says, with his disciples sharing in a Passover meal, the Lord's Supper. And at that meal, he exposes Judas for being someone who's going to betray him and dismisses him. That's important. We'll come back to that. And then with these 11 remaining disciples, he's beginning to teach them and train them in some things. Then it says that he leaves the upper room. And we can only imagine that he's, Jesus is walking through Jerusalem, probably on his way to the Garden of Gethsemane where he's going to battle in prayer. And in between kind of that time of leaving that room and going to the garden, he shares some words with his disciples, things that knowing they're going to face some challenges ahead. This is what Jesus chooses to say to those disciples, which I believe he would even say to us. And so let's read that together from John 15 verse 1. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch of mine that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you're clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch can't bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you may bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you, that your joy may be in, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is the word of God. 
Jesus to his disciples says a couple of things that I want to draw out. In fact, I want to draw two things out of this passage that, that Jesus says that will help us to be fruitful and faithful. The first is something that we must acknowledge that God is doing to us. That is pruning. The second is an action that, that we must do, something that we must choose to do, which is abiding in Jesus. And so we're going to take some time to look at both of those things together. But before we get there, let me just very briefly just talk about the metaphor that Jesus is using throughout this whole passage. He sets it up this way. He says, me, Jesus, I am the true vine. Okay, so picture a nice, fruitful, beautiful, true vine. Jesus says, I'm the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. He's the one who, who looks after the vine, who shapes it, cultivates it. And you... Us, we are the branches, okay? The branches that are connected to the vine. And so Jesus sets this up and then he, and so he says straight away in verse two that, that every branch of mine that does not bear fruit, he, the father, takes away and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Jesus is kind of, he's basically saying that the father does two things here, okay, basically. He, he takes away the fruitless and he prunes the fruitful. I've heard John Piper, a pastor in America, say it like this, that, that he cuts away that that is lifeless and cultivates that which is full of life. This is exactly what he's just done with Judas. He's literally someone that wasn't bearing fruit, wasn't truly a follower of Jesus, and he's, he's dismissed him, he's cut him away. And he's taken his level that are fruitful followers of Christ and he is pruning them with his words and shaping them. It's exactly what is happening now. And this is what Jesus does. And so those that are fruitful, he says, those that are following him, those who are followers of Christ, God prunes. Pruning is, is for you gardeners out there. I know there's one or two. I've, I've dabbled. I'm not great. But pruning is, is, is the idea of cutting away something, cutting back something that's maybe dead or maybe overgrown in order that more can grow out of it, that there can be even more growth, even more fruit. That's the, the sort of pruning that Jesus is talking about here that the Father does with us, that he, he, he cuts away, he, he, he chops away, he removes this, he removes that, he, he shapes us, he moulds us. Elsewhere in scripture it says we're moulded like, like jars of clay. And so... This image of pruning is something that I kind of want to talk about today because, because pruning can actually, can actually be quite painful. Being pruned can actually be uncomfortable. And, and I believe that pruning can happen in, in two different types of ways. Let me just explain those to you. It could be internal. By that I mean the Lord does things in us. He convicts us by his spirit. He brings things to us. He reveals to us areas of sin and, 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 and areas of character that need to be changed and transformed. Habits that have got to be cut off. Even as I'm speaking now and even as you've come today, you may be aware of things in your life that the Lord wants to cut away and prune away to shape and mould you. And by his spirit, he will convict you of some of those things. That can be an internal kind of pruning. But the Lord can also use things that happen externally to prune us and shape us. Our circumstances, 
often suffering or hardship or trials or tribulation or things that we walk through and go through, he can use to shape us. Much of the last 18 months has been difficult and the Lord, you don't go through a global pandemic without the Lord using it to shape us and prune us and to teach us some things and to make us more like him. Me, I know that my own self. There's been areas, there's been things to do with my character, there's been, been areas of life where I've been pruned and shaped over the last 18 months. The Apostle Paul what a man of God he was, a fruitful minister in the Lord. He knew what it was to be pruned and for it to be through difficult circumstances. In fact, he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, he says, For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength, we despised of even life itself. We felt that we'd received the sentence of death. But it was to make us not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. In other words, Paul was saying that our circumstances, the things that were going on in our life were so difficult and tough that we, we, we felt like we'd received a death sentence. Life was hard. But, but looking back on it, we, we realised that God used those things to teach us to rely on him more. In other words, God was pruning us and shaping us to rely on him more, to be more fruitful. We've all experienced that. I've heard an illustration before, right? I don't know if you, we don't really have blacksmiths these days, but blacksmiths back in the day, they would take a bit of metal and they would put it in the fire. And they were so skilled that they knew just the right, right amount of time that it could be in there. I heard a, a preacher share this illustration before. And as they pull it out, if they pull it out too early, they hit it and it won't be molded into shape. If they leave it in too long, the metal will melt into the fire. They know just the right amount of time to leave it in, to pull it out and to be it into shape. It's the same with us. The Lord knows just how long that we need to maybe be in the fire before we're pulled out and then he prunes and shapes and moulds us. That's what we, as we look ahead, we think, yeah, Lord, will you, will you prune and shape and mould us? At the time, it, it can be painful and difficult, but in the end, we can be shaped and moulded for his glory. The writer of Hebrews talks about this process in, in Hebrews 12. He says, don't despise the discipline of the Lord because it, he, he does it for those that he loves. And actually, in the end, it, it leads to righteousness. It's for our good. It does you good to be pruned and shaped by the Lord. When I was a teenager, I didn't always follow the rules. And, and often I'll get myself into trouble at home. And, and I used to hate it when my mum would put things in place to stop. She would ground me. You can't go out. You can't go to that party. You can't do this. I'm taking that money away. I'm taking this away. I hated it at the time. Despised it. Despised it. I was like, no. But as I look back now, you realise those things, my mum was, my mum and dad, they, they were pruning me. They were shaping me. They were moulding me. They were trying to, to, to improve, to, I guess, to teach me about discipline and character and boundaries. And this is what kind of Jesus is getting at with his disciples, knowing that this may be a year when you're pruned and shaped. Why? So you can be even more fruitful. Because to be a Christian, to follow Jesus, is to bear fruit. The, the sort of fruit I'm talking about is, is, is what we get, the fruits of the Spirit. We get it in Galatians 5. What are the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. I may have missed one. But these, these fruits, 
are, are, are marks of what it is to follow Jesus. And he's saying, no, Jesus is trying to say the Father wants to prune you, wants to shape you, wants to mould you so that you'll have more of these things in your life. And so we say, Lord, let 2020 be a year of pruning. Is that on your prayer list? Not bless me, Lord, bless me, Lord. Prune me, Lord. Lord, search my heart and know any kind of ill way within me and lead me in the way of the everlasting. That's what the psalmist prayed. Because what, what you truly see is that to be pruned is to be blessed. Because to be pruned results in us bearing more fruit. And so I pray that even for me, for me and for you, I pray, Lord, let 2020 be a year of pruning that we may grow in love and peace and, and patience and kindness, that we'll grow in goodness and faithfulness and self-control. That's the first thing that Jesus says to his disciples, to, to be pruned by the Father. Those that are, are in him will be pruned. And the second thing he basically says is that an action that we need to take is that if you really want to bear fruit, if you really want to be fruitful, he says, verse 4, abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself. In other words, unless we're connected to him, unless we're, if you like, plugged into the source, we can't bear any fruit. He goes on in verse five and says that if you don't remain in me, if you don't abide in me, you can do nothing. In my phone here, it's an iPhone in my pocket, right? These things, they can do loads of amazing things. You can call people all around the world. You can surf the internet. You can pay your bills. You can do all these amazing things with this phone. But if it's got no power, if it's got no battery, if it's dead, you can do nothing. It must be, it must abide, remain in the source. It's the same for us, that we must abide and remain in him or we can do nothing. But what's glorious about this image that Jesus says is that if we do abide in him, and by that, abiding in Jesus is not, it's not a prayer I said once. It's not a decision I made one time. It's a daily decision to bow the knee, to say, no, I'm going to follow you. I want to walk with you, remain in you. Each day I want to pick up my cross and follow Jesus. I want to say, as for me and my life, I serve the Lord. Jesus, if you do that, if you abide in me, you will bear fruit. A guarantee. I, 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 I guarantee you bear fruit. And we like guarantees, don't we? we, we, we let me explain. When I was um, a little while ago, I decided to invest in one of these Dyson cordless hoovers. I, I, I love hoovering, right? I've just put my cards on the table. I'm well trained and I'm a good hoover as well, by the way. I, I love it. And so, in fact, I've, I've trained up my daughter, Grace. She's my apprentice with the hoovering. I've got a photo to show you of Grace now. Uh, this is her at the bottom of the stairs just helping out dad with a hoovering. Well, this Dyson that I got, when I ordered it, it came in this big box and right across it, two years guarantee. Basically, if this thing breaks within these next two years, we guarantee you a new one. And, and literally, I knew that the Lord was blessing me last year because a week before that ran out, the battery packed up. And so I called him up and he, he kind of, you know, you go through the whole palaver and say, yeah, they sent me a new one. Sent me a new battery. It's all fixed, all sorted. We know how that works, that process of a guarantee. Well, this is what Jesus is saying to his disciples. If you remain in me, abide in me, follow me, I guarantee you, you will bear fruit. You will be fruitful. It's a guarantee. But, but we must abide in him. 
And, and I labour this point because our culture, right, our society now is so just desperate to try and make us to be as individual as we can. It, it, it encourages us to, you know, stand on your own two feet. The, the Frank Sinatra song, the most popular one at funerals, I did it my way. To, to come, to be free from any sort of boundaries, to, to kind of be of our own authority. But Jesus is, is teaching something here and models something that is radically different. Jesus, the way he lived his life, he, he wasn't desperate to try and define himself kind of in and of his own self away from the Father. He wasn't desperate to be free from under that. In fact, he was happy to say, no, I, I, in fact, I, I kind of would come under that. Not because of obligation or law, he says, because I love the Father and the Father loves me. That's why his will be done. Jesus, that's, everything flowed out of that, that relationship with the Father. In fact, in John 14, he said, if you know the Father, you know me. And so we have to break out of this idea of, of trying to just be as individual as we can. Just trying to, you know, kind of no boundaries, just to do it the way that we want to do it. Every man's his island, that, that sort of mentality is, is completely anti what Jesus is talking about here. He's saying, no, no, no. You must abide. You must remain in me. This is the, the, the Jesus knows. He's like, man, my disciples, I'm about to leave them and they're going to face the biggest challenge ever to spread the gospel to every corner of the earth. They're going to come up against persecution. They're going to come up against people trying to put them in the courts and people trying to kill them, and they did kill them. What, what's the thing that he wants them to hold on to? The importance of abiding in him and remaining in him. And if they do, they'll be fruitful. Notice that he says they'll be fruitful, not they'll be successful. Part of it is obviously the image that he's using is about bearing fruit. But at this time of year, you often get sort of, you know, a lot of people talk about, I want this year to be a successful year. And don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with praying for success. When uh, we did the Nehemiah series about building the walls, we uh, Nehemiah, we see he prayed for success as he goes for the king. But our focus, in at least this passage, what Jesus is getting at here is about being fruitful. Hey, Lord, help us to be fruitful this year. Help us to be those that bear much fruit and help us to abide in you. And, and I guess as, as the passage goes on, Jesus shows us that I kind of, I, I, if, if, if we're pruned by him and we abide in him, what, what's the kind of purpose of those things? What's the end result? Well, I want to put it to you, there's two things. The first we see in verse 8, Jesus says, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. And so prove to be my disciples. The Christian life is, is one where we know we are saved by faith and faith alone. But we're marked by fruit. And when we live fruitful lives, when we abide in him, when we do these things, the Father is glorified. The chief end of our lives is to glorify God. All that we do is the most important thing. That's like, yeah, you know what? We want to live lives to the glory of God. But the second thing that Jesus says is in verse 11, as well as doing these things to the glory of God, he says, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. 
It's for his glory, but it's also for our joy. That whatever comes at us this year, whatever 2020, whatever lies in store for 2020, our joy will be full if we abide in Christ. Our joy will be full if we remain in him and follow him and stick close to him. And so as we close, I urge you, I urge you on behalf of Christ to abide in him, to keep enjoying him, walking with him, staying close to him and allow him to prune you and shape you and mould you for his glory and for your joy. Let's pray and then we're going to worship God together. Lord, we thank you for your word to us on this day. And Lord, we thank you that, as you've said, we don't know what 2020 holds for us. But what we do know is you're faithful to your people. And I pray you help us to be those that, that recognise the pruning and the shaping in the Lord. But also help us to be those who abide and remain in you and walk closely with you. Show us areas, Lord, where we need to repent and be pruned. And Lord, show us what it means to walk closely with you. For this year ahead, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.